Another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of mezcal, the show of fiddling, the show of being an industry legend and veteran. Today's guest is Mr. Evan Meeker of Del McGay, one of the most professional, insightful, and compassionate dudes I have ever met in this industry. And it was great to sit down and chat with him, sipping some Chichicapa rested in Stitzel Weller barrels. Great experience spending more time with the amazing man himself. And it's really cool to get some fun tidbits about his fiddling days. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Evan Meeker. Uh, It feels amazing. Uh, It's humbling. uh, And also, uh, I'm honored. Um, You know, it's... uh, I, I. you know, as we all have, we've been in this industry, you know, it's, it's our life, you know, yeah, the hospitality yeah. aspect of things is, and I've done it for a really, really long time. And, and, um, you know, to the fact that I'm able to work for a company that I believe that much in, right. uh, we're in the shirt even. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I had to, man. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I did bring Tobola too. So, no, good. so. Well, there we go. <laughs> man, you guys are so thorough. I tell you, uh, I feel bad if I didn't you wear the shirt, if you don't have the shoes, right. Um, no, but uh, yeah, it's it, no, it's amazing, um, and uh, I I do uh, I I wouldn't work for a company if I didn't have utmost belief in every single aspect of what they're doing. Yeah, um, you know, coming from my previous job, uh, I had a wonderful portfolio. Was it Sazerac? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. I, I was I was I worked for RNDC. Oh, um, oh yeah. shit! Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I was with uh, I was with Republic for five years. I wow, think, something like that. Um, and I had the spirit specialist, the craft spirit specialist portfolio. Oh, okay. Um, and there was a, a amazing products in that portfolio. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, as you go through, you know, the years and, and, and see, you know, the trends and what, you know, your, you know, your coworkers and counterparts and whatnot, you know, on the other side are using or talking about. Yeah. And the trends and whatnot. And then you see uh, kind of the marketing poise that, that, you know, people will try to shove down your throat, so oh to speak. Gosh, you know, yeah. uh, are trips such a ploy, Evan? Or paying for trips to the agave field such a ploy? Well, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to comment on that. It's just it's like very um, time is of the essence. There's a big trip going on right now. Um, you know, that's actually kind of funny that you that you mentioned that because I'm like, what is going on in Mexico Dude, right exactly. now? Exactly. <laughs> I had to ask two separate people. I found out what it was. Okay. Brand sponsored trip ultimately with nine thousand agave and people standing in a field, and then we get a good week of posts. The marketing money paid off, I suppose. Yeah, and then no one will carry it in the back bar. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the back backlash, you know. Well, you know, let's hope. Let's hope maybe it gives a little bit more fruition to that. But yeah, um, you, you, you know, it's it, it's the research. It's doing your own research, asking your own questions, finding out, you know, yeah. as much as you can, because you know, you obviously you can't believe everything that's shoved down your throat, but they want you to, of course. And you know, sometimes 
being with a distributor, you you sort of you're forced to forced to swallow it, forced to swallow it from both ends, sure. so to speak. Yeah. You know I mean? oh, yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. And and it was, uh, I relished my time with Republic. It was wonderful. It was a yeah. great job, and and uh, uh, you know it opened my eyes to a lot of things, and I can never take that. Can't take it back. back. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, it's brilliant. So I mean, many layers of this industry, many layers of complexity to you, but. Let's go back and think about, I know you're a fiddler, right? Yep. yep. So there's this huge music piece for you. And so you're growing up in Colorado, right? You're mm-hmm. born and raised in Colorado? Uh, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Texas, originally. Oh, where about um, Texas? Uh, uh, it's outside of Houston, a little town ca- called Katy. Um, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you're from Katy? Uh, technically, yes. <laughs> I went to high, I graduated high school in Katy. Oh, well, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder we get along. Yeah, no kidding. Away. No kidding. <laughs> no, but my dad changed jobs when I was um, when I was very young, yeah. and I moved to Colorado. Wow! And so I essentially spent you know most of my younger years, and then and then middle school, high school, and college in in Colorado. Colorado. What what industry was your dad in? Uh, geology. Geology. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a he's a very smart man uh, in in terms of. Uh, study of, of rocks so to speak right well and um, nature inadvertently right? yeah yeah um he he took a job with the usgs uh u.s governmental survey mm-hmm. um and was head of an electron microscope laboratory wow it already sounds more intense and smart than i no, thought no he was um and did a lot of work with um analyzing you know different samples of uh, for instance uh, when the trade center fell Oh really? Yeah, yeah. He uh, they they sent him you know ash from the from the beams or whatnot, uh-huh. and, and helped analyze on on what uh, made made them fell. Really? Fall, so to speak. That's crazy. Yeah, and then um, also I don't know if you ever heard of a little town called Libby, Montana. Uh uh-uh, uh Libby. No, no, no. Uh, but they uh, the whole town was poisoned by uh, asbestos. Oh my god! Uh, and so me. he did a lot of analytical stuff for. Was it in the water? Or? No, it was in the air. Oh my god! It was god. released. There's, <laughs> and I all know this because of my dad. Thanks, dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, there's a mineral out there called um, vermiculite. Vermiculite, okay. Which is used to make insulation. All right. Um, but if it's not monitored correctly, mining it releases asbestos into oh the air, god. and just yeah, this whole town. It's just like, like oxygen or something. Got sick and died, and yeah, something like Jesus. that. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And so he was on a panel and, and, you know, Supreme Court and all, and, you know, was a witness for litigation of lawsuits. And He's an expert. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Did that, so, did kind of his proclivity towards science influence you to be intrigued about science? Too? Not really. No. I went the, I went the complete <laughs> the other opposite route. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was, uh, I was, you know, my mom was an artist. Um, she, she did uh, um, the museum, uh, the Art Institute of Chicago was, oh, cool. was where she went to school. Um, and uh, I guess my creative side. I, I went the creative route. And yeah. sort of, sort of well, it's funny because it kind of comes into play now because you talk about fermentation, talk about distillation. There is that, that chemical engineering side of it or even almost the geological side of it. Sure. Plants grow and all that. Sure. It's cool how it comes back. It's like a boomerang. You, well, know, you think you go but, this one direction. But then with, you know, with, uh, with Del McGay, uh, also, you know, us thinking of it as art, you know, right. in a bottle, art from, you know, these families, these wonderful people that are making Absolutely. it down there. Um, and, you know, obviously Ron Cooper recognizing that, you know, very, very early. Yeah. And it's, it's really pretty amazing that, that um, you know, when I talked to my mom about working for this company, 
She's like, oh, you know, who started? And I and I said Ron Cooper. Yeah. And she knew Ron Cooper from when he was an artist. Really? From his pieces. Is he a West, was he a West Coast guy? Is he? Because I don't he, know yeah, much he, about his early art. Yeah, for her, he but. was, but he he has he has um he has sculptures and pieces in in I think the Guggenheim. Guggenheim and, oh my gosh. And, and the uh, the the uh, art institute of Chicago, Chicago, the Museum of Modern Art. That's and So she recognized him, and yeah, you know, she was not a mezcal drinker, and uh, now she is. It's pretty that's, cool. That's you incredible. Know, just, yeah. What what kind of art was she into? Was she a painter? Was she a sculptor? Uh, I would say, I would say both. Yeah. Um, you know, she did paintings and, and, um, watercolor and, and sculpting and studied a lot on impressionism. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, but then after post-graduation, she did work with children in therapy, in art therapy. So. Oh, wow. And then, I mean, uh, great. then, then I came, came along and ruined her career. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's still tripping away. Those like, well, I got these microscopes to look after, guys. Uh, yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah. but that's good. So you've got. I mean, that's a really interesting background, right? And I love how you've got analytical and creative. You got both sides of the brain, which really primes you to be this perfect amalgam of both. Whether you do it all the time. So, yeah. did, where did the music part come in, though? Is your mom music oriented as well? Um, no. I mean, I, she says she isn't, but. Yeah. Um, I would say that that she is, uh, but my dad listened to a lot of Western swing growing up, like really, like Bob Wills and and uh, Gene Autry and that you know those yeah. types of oh, yeah. th- those types of dudes and and um, you know listening to that growing up to that uh, it you know it, I, I liked it yeah and, and so originally they put a um, you know violin a, a fiddle in my hand mm-hmm. um, and started with uh, started off on uh classical lessons the, sure. like the suzuki method if if you're i'm sure you're familiar what is that music. yeah i refresh my memory because i it, know that i've it, worked with it but. it's see i want to say ichiro ichiro suzuki but that's a baseball player i can't remember the first guy <laughs> the first guy's name suzuki sidekick that's what name. it is though yeah, but it's it's a it's a it's a series of books that were written um, to help kids, you know, progress through the difficulties of learning how to play the violin. Really? And it's it's all like you know, starting very simple classical pieces, moving up to you know, incredibly difficult minuets. And, yeah. You know, Bach and Mozart and what and whatnot. But um, so that's how I started. But I did not like it at all you're it, just cutting it, your teeth on stuff that's like yeah. oh, this is my parents 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 music you yeah. know yeah I, I mean and now i have an appreciation for classical music i got listed all the time but, yeah. then, but then it was just you know I, I didn't like it so my dad found a uh, found a, a fiddle teacher um in colorado and, yeah 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 and uh and uh you know they put a fiddle in my hand and i um loved it i loved it and i i practice all the time and and so you know, I learned a lot of these Western swing pieces and and some other traditional fiddle music. And yeah. Started what, what is the for for a layman? What's the kind of quintessential fiddle piece? Is there one that we would recognize? Well, probably not. But you know, the 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 style of music that I play is is very very um, old and traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a song out there called Sally Gooden. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sally Gooden what is credited for being one, if not the First country western tune ever recorded. Which year are we talking? Roughly the twenties. Twenties, oh, yeah, yeah by, by a gentleman by the name of Eck Robertson. Okay, wow. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, it sounded very different, but the, this style that I that I play now um, mainly is um, is 
kind of you know test uh, you know say the test of time right that's what i mean, say very traditional still, yeah. it just keeps and, and and it's evolved over the years i mean it sounds you know a, l- a little bit more jazzy people are a little, putting a little bit you know more six and sevenths in the chord progressions yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and um but uh you know it's it's a very very um uh, what's the acquired style i was gonna say i, I guess mean, I, but i don't want to call it esoteric because it's so traditional it's almost americana is that maybe even the right word for it in some some respects uh, uh probably a little bit yeah yeah right little, like it's been around a long time it's rooted mm-hmm. in history mm-hmm. and it's funny because not to say there's probably not a modern movement for it but do you also have a taste for modern kind of less historical or less traditional music as well oh absolutely yeah i, I You're a diverse uh, guy yeah i love i love all styles of music i yeah. have an appreciation for for all of it um um there, there aren't too many things that, that really turn you know that i don't want to listen to yeah um some modern pop like i can't i can't stand it it just makes my ears bleed stuff, you know yeah well so tightly compressed oh god there's just a lot and you know um you know some edm uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I like chord progressions and and structure, you know, mo- and, structure and melodic, writing. you yeah. know, a lot of things be, you know, to, to come back and resolve. Um, <laughs> resolution is good. Yeah, yeah, resolution is great in music. It's really important. It's a big. It's a. It's called the theme, right? Like yeah. returning to the theme. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gosh. Um, and then I don't. I don't know. That's a, You know, that's about it. Those yeah. are really the you know the ones that, that turn me off. So you're a man of music. You enjoy watching mm-hmm. it. You go to shows as as well. I imagine. Yeah. When when uh you know when I can. Yeah. Um. Most recent. You know. We can talk about that an hour later. But it was fantastic. Well, yeah. What? Well, oh, is this the Ario uh, Speedwagon? Ar- yeah. It was just Kelly Ar- Ar- for Ario Speedwagon. Ar- Speedwagon. And where were and, they? Uh, who? Who? They always have a good opener. Who is playing with Ario? No, they opened for um. Well, Tesla, uh, which Tesla. which we missed. You missed Tesla. I missed Tesla. Um, just I don't know. It's a story. <laughs> it, 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 it was very very important that that we had to um, uh, make sure that our flasks were full before we went to the. That uh, is you know, you know, was, a lot of people underestimate the power of that. It was it was very important. It is. Um, so we missed Tesla, uh, and I, I I keep saying we. I went with uh, with Jr. From Vox Table. Oh, so, you really? Know, so, so that's you know. God, it, that it makes great, so much sense. You know, that guy. Yeah. Um, it was a great time. Um, but then yeah, so we got there, uh, and Ario was about you know third away through their set. Okay. Um, oh, geez, but okay. Ario opened for uh, Def Leppard. <laughs> oh my God, that's like all star lineup. That was great. Huge Def bu- Leppard. Yeah. Bucket list stuff. So. Dude, that's a good thing. And I imagine you were sipping something good. Uh, okay. We were drinking Espadina Especial and uh, uh, Bonded Knob Creek. See? Yeah. In style. Do you have... Oh, God, this is even a stupid question. But do you have a favorite Def Leppard song? Something that appeals to you a little bit um, more? I always thought... I always kind of enjoyed uh, Big City Nights a little bit. Just really? It was, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It, it was... You know, it's not... Because t- everybody's like, pour some sugar on me. That's a you know, nah, song. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah, it you totally know, it's is. That, you know, but it's but, like a bro song. Yeah. Anybody could be drunk and wave their hand in the air and yeah. still sing along. So. Um, and then there's another one I really like that's running through my head right now, but I can't think of the name. Love Bites, man. I love that song. Yeah, that's a good oh, one. God, it's a good it's one. Hysteria is a great song. Uh-huh. Grew up on that shit. Grew up on that shit. Uh-huh. Well, so I go back and I think about... This is good. We're building this nice... In other words, really what we're doing is we're going to craft this conversation so you can apply for any job and they'll have your resume via podcast. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> but so what do you do with fiddle in 
high school and junior high. How does that? Because typically band programs don't have fiddle. Do well, they? we in our high school we had a jazz band. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely common, you know. So I mean, I I played a bit in jazz band. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. Um, and then I also did um, some orchestra stuff for the, the choir. Oh. And, 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 you know, just kind of like a little, you know, a cello, uh, viola, violin. Yeah. Uh, so I did a little bit of classical oh, in, in, cool. in high school as well. Uh, and this is actually one of my uh, more fond memories is courtesy of all that. Uh, the choir in my high school was um, really good. Okay. Uh, and they got invited to New York City uh, to do part in like uh, with five other choirs from across the entire country to wow. partake in um, uh, madrigal music. So like madrigal. like uh, like um, like green sleeves and and like old medieval you know oh, harmonies okay. and, okay. and Scarborough's and, Fair and, and, yeah, like that. yeah. Uh, cra- craziness. I'm trying to think of an example, but I can't. Uh, nonetheless, you know, it was this big uh, contemplation of, of choirs, and they had us perform at Carnegie Hall. Oh my God! So I got to play How Carnegie old are we Hall. Talking? I was seventeen or eighteen, something old like. enough to remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kissed the stage. That's incredible. <laughs> no kidding. I, I walked out there and I actually got down and kissed the stage. And you know, it was one of the more memorable memorable experiences. Is it nerve wracking? I can't imagine how uh, it feel to be to know where you're going to be playing like that. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit, but at the same time, it's also not, you know, like we were headlined on a Friday night, yeah, and, you know, with a sellout of you know, you know, all you know, New York City's finest coming right, to right. see us. It was, it was like on <laughs> a Wednesday, fires, Wednesday at like you know three thirty in the afternoon. But nonetheless, still, it was important to us. You know, does we, it, uh, it doesn't matter. That's an amazing achievement if you think about it. Uh-huh. So doing this piece and kind of getting better, I imagine, and you're performing live with choirs and you got jazz band or orchestra and all of this, is that then where you're going? You're a good fiddler. Mm-hmm. You know music. Obviously, you know theory. And is that what college is? Is that what it's going to be for you? Yeah, that's that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Music. Um, music, yeah. Uh, musical performance degree. And as soon as I was done, I moved to Austin, Texas. Really? Yeah. Well, so how is four years or did you do it quicker mm-hmm. or older four years and specialize in music performance that's great that's correct where does that go austin aside where does that where does that degree take you uh it, it takes you into continuing to work in the hospitality industry <laughs> that's where it takes you like a you philosophy know, degree, are you telling <laughs> me the most unless, expensive piece yeah, of paper unless um you know unless you happen to you know to to make it big or, or get in with the right people i guess um, yeah you know, I was uh, I, I was bouncing around with some different bands when you know when I moved here, and so one of my best friends in the, in this city, uh, you know, I played a lot with him, and he was a singer songwriter. His name's Chad Taylor. He's a great dude. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's a tough you know the even really tough. yeah oh, even yeah. more so here. Sure. And you know, being young when I moved here, you know, it's you know I thought I was like I'm gonna you know I had a bunch of friends that lived here that yeah. are still doing great things. Um, uh, with the music scene uh, here in town, um, but uh, you know it just didn't work out yeah. that way for me, and I'm okay with it just because of my love for the service industry, and that's you know took you there, down other paths. Yeah, there was there was a point where I was just like, okay, this, well, this is what I'm going to focus on. Yeah, because you know, it's not like you had to give it up. No, in a sense, no, it's not a mistress to your career. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it, you know, it's a it's a very very serious hobby for me at this point. You yeah, know, it's something that I. You know, I still get together with friends and play. I still go to contests when I can. Oh, that's great. Um, 
you know, I'll never stop playing. And if anything, it's, uh, you know, some, you know, frustrations of a, of a day, you know, it's great to sit down and take out your instrument, whether it's the fiddle, the guitar, mandolin, what have you, and yeah, just oh, yeah. play, forget about something, you know, and just sit there and, it is. and, and you know, work some things out. Yeah. Well, I mean, and your mom understood that about art. It's the yeah. same kind of thing, right? I mean, obviously music is just another extension of that. So were you doing hospitality? So before you, you make this leap to Austin to do the music thing, were you doing hospitality stuff in Colorado? Or I was, yeah. Just to kind of make ends meet, I guess? Yeah, uh, and all through college and even high school. I mean, it's the only thing, it's the only industry as far as making money right. you know, for, for a full-time job that I've ever been part of. Oh, so. that's incredible. So that's, yeah. you, you sharpen your teeth on it. You've I, been in it for, yeah. you've been in the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of this kind of stuff. Did you start in a particular way? Did you start in food? Did you start as a bar back, tossed you into bartending? <laughs> my uh, my first job was uh, Baskin Robbins when I was oh, 15. Nice. So yes. scooping ice cream. That doesn't really count. But then... Counts um, enough, I guess. Counts enough. Um, but then I I had a brief uh, stint at a Pizza Hut, which I'm embarrassed enough to say. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Uh, it's good stuff sometimes, though. Bu- busing tables. Okay. Uh, back when they bad. used to have their their Monday night buffet in uh-huh. Evergreen, Colorado. That, yeah. Man, that that was something else. Let me tell you. Was that place you packed know? on Monday nights? Oh, in Evergreen. Yeah, oh, it was a I place to be on Monday nights, man. Pizza <laughs> buffet. That's where I got my homecoming date. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Um, no, but from there, uh, I got a job busing tables, uh, and I was 16 still at this point, yeah. I think, at one of the, the not, one of the nicest restaurants at that time mm-hmm. in Colorado called the Tivoli Deer, um, which has since closed down, very sad, but, uh, you know, there is where I really started to learn about, um, you know European style foods and right, right. you know sauces and meats and you know all, you know all Classic this stuff food. as busing yeah um, and of course you know wine and spirits as well um, and I and I worked my ass off there and when I went to college they kept me on even though I went down the hill to, from Evergreen is in the mountains to Denver to mm-hmm. you know, uh, for college and uh, they they promoted me to a server um, which was amazing because I was serving tables in this super nice restaurant amongst you know industry professionals. Yeah, I've been there for absolutely. a long time, and you know they were giving me shit all the time. Because you you're know, a kid, you're, you're the young youngster. little kid. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was a great spot, and that that's sort of really where uh, th- that's what sort of what started it for me. Yeah. Where I was, you know, I was just like, oh, you know, not activated, just, right? Yeah, like you yeah. see all these things. There's flavors, there's yeah. smells. And all yeah, that. yeah. Despite the fact that you know you're making a bunch of money, when you're, you know, yeah. you're like, how is this possible? I just, you know, just worked the shift on Tuesday. I'm leaving with three hundred dollars. I'm eighteen years old. Like, you know, it's like it's <laughs> living the dream yeah. at that point, right? Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, you know, the the um, the owner of the restaurant, his name was Moans, and he's passed away. But he was a Danish guy uh, who had MS, oh, wow. and he was in he was. Um, he was a dick, but sure. he was he was very High standards, right? Yeah, yeah. He was he cared very much about his business, and he taught me a lot, and, yeah. and I'll never forget that. That's incredible. So even to a young guy like you, yeah, yeah. Well, so this obviously this this passion is, is ignited, you know, because there's there's a lot of affinity, or rather, a lot of similarities between music and food. I've said this many many times, but think about low notes, medium, mid, treble, right? Sure, acidity. Grassiness, bitterness, all that stuff aligns to a triad. Meatiness, like yeah. something that where it's just you know, 
you know, that fat and good and rich that exactly. gives you goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the low sustained octave, double octave Beethoven C minor chord. You know, mm-hmm. that <clears throat> that is, and it it's funny that, and maybe a way that when you so when you taste a great meal or when you taste a great cocktail, do you think of it in those terms? Think of it as notes and think of it as singing. And sometimes, yeah, definitely layers for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. But you know, music is layers too. That's right. You know, so it's I, all I mean, about harmony. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy, and it's not really a big surprise that you would end up in that industry that runs this parallel kind of artistic road. But you end up in Austin. When did, what year are we talking when you ended up 2004. in 2004. Oh, really? So you've been yeah. here just over 10 years now, which is killing her. Yeah. So I hate to remind you. Oh, I mean, no, it's been wonderful 10 years. It's I, been, you know, that's a good time 11? to come into town. Too. Something? I don't know. I don't either. What was, the, what was the first gig <laughs> here in town? I worked at a restaurant called Green Pastures. I remember that place. The Peacocks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I came in and they had this um they had this crazy system of just, you know, how like the new people started and the, you know, the people that have been there forever. Right. Um, but it, you know, for all intents and purposes, that was um it was fine dining, you know, but that was only like maybe an eighth of their overall business. Um, and their, their business was banquets and, and weddings oh, okay. and events and, and, stuff. and, you know, very, very nice, you know, you know, black tie affairs. Right. Um, you know, and it, it was hard work, man. I, I'm not going to lie. Busting that, your that, ass again. Yeah. That, that place, um, you, you know, it was really good money, but I mean, it consumed a lot of, uh, of your time. And, Were uh, you still able to play and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah I so mean, you're doing you're living that life, yeah. doing hospitality and then doing music by night, yeah. right? It, yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was days off, uh, you know, trying to get that in. But uh, you know, fortunate enough, that's where I met the guy I was met, um, mentioned to you earlier, Chad. Oh yeah. He he was working there too. But I mean, this this was one of those places where you know you have an you know it's a, it's an old in, in an old Victorian house, right? Yeah. You know, with a huge you know field in the back and you know a, a greenhouse mm-hmm. and you know, go- absolutely gorgeous. Um, where you know people would come in and they would buy that whole house out for their event, um, and you'd work that and you'd be there till you know three four in the morning, and okay. then you're up, uh, you know, a couple hours later to come back and set up for brunch for, the next for service, you know? right? God. And and the you know this is the norm for a lot of people in the industry. I right. you know completely understand. I'm not complaining. Uh, the the fun thing about Green Pastures was the actual amount of labor of moving the banquet tables and all these different things that you had set up for yeah. two hundred people weddings and you know on a nightly basis. That's and insane. It was taxing. I bet. But um, I you know I learned there. You know I'm thankful for you know more learning about you know the food and the wine, but really about like banquet coordination and party planning hmm. and just you know what it takes to execute you know you know 200 person right. parties and you know all the things that so go many with pieces. it from so moving pieces to from it, yeah. you know you know okay we've got to get somebody to time exactly correct you know how to open 50 50 bottles of champagne right. for the champagne toast right after we just cleared you know everybody's dessert plate yeah. you know what i mean it like and have juggling yeah exactly so what did that help you do like what did you feel like you were well i imagine you felt you were really equipped for something bigger after that, no oh, it's, kind of I mean, it's multitasking. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's organizational skills in terms of uh, of looking at 
you know, a schedule of when things are planned and, and how it needs to be executed right. and then taking a team and getting it together and assigning and being like, okay, this is how it needs to happen. That's crazy. Um, you know, and that, of course you don't start out that way. Like, no, you know, so. but as you, you're more seasoned and working at Green Pastures, they promote you to, to where, you know, okay, now you're the banquet captain. You're the dude. You're, yeah. you're the guy that's executed. On this night, it's, you know, because – you know, X person or Chad, you know, he's not working tonight. Tonight right. it's your night. Okay, you got to get this together and coordinate this team. And, and it was uh, You always it was came intense. through, didn't you? Huh? You seem like the kind of guy that always come through in a crunch. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I did my best. <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> what was your first? Well, so this is an interesting time in Austin around 2004. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Things are changing profoundly. What do you, where did you find yourself in terms of the first maybe cocktailing gig in town? Well... Um, you know, from Green Pastures, I went to McCormick and Schmidt. Oh, did you? Which, which was downtown. Down one, yeah, it was and, right in Congress, right? And I worked with McCormick all the way until I came on with RNDC. No kidding. Yeah. So I was at McCormick's for six years, maybe. Wow. I left right before they got bought out by mm-hmm. um, um, and a company which I will not name here, but um, research you know, it and, if you and, want, right? And uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, uh, and was it acrimonious? Re- yeah, well, it sounds let, like- let's just the restaurant took a different turn. Sure, you know, I'll, I'll say it like that. And um, but uh, you know, uh, with Green Pastures, and actually, uh, I failed to mention not even the Tivoli Deer, but you know, in Colorado, I went to work at uh, a place in Colorado called the Buckhorn Exchange, which is actually the oldest restaurant in Denver. Oh wow! And it has number one liquor license in Colorado. No kidding. And that's really where I started to to kind of bartend. Yeah. To, you know, bartending um, to as opposed to like banquets or what have you, which you know, a customer coming sit or right, guest sitting right. at your bar, um, where you know there's face to face interaction. Um, but um, going back, uh, you know, from Green Pastures to McCormick's, um, I worked very briefly as a, as a server at McCormick's, uh-huh. and then expressed my interest and talked about you know my experience and whatnot. And was promoted to a bartender at McCormick's, and, and so a lot of volume in that place. There was right yeah, happy hour, yeah. especially. I would yeah, imagine. absolutely, right absolutely, absolutely. And um, my, you know, my first real kind of cocktail experience was that it was maybe six months after I'd started bartending there, mm-hmm. and they completely redid uh, uh, the menu, and all of a sudden we had Negronis and Sazeracs oh, and shit. Singapore classic. slings, yeah. And, and all these, you know, the classic cocktails that we know and love, and I, and I was just like, well, this is amazing. Um, and I credit uh, uh, the GM at the time. His name is Richard Everett, who still is around here in town. No kidding. Uh, he is one of the primary reps for uh, um, like Lazy Day Lager and oh, uh, uh, those beers. Yeah, He's yeah. A great dude. He taught me a lot. Killer. Um, but you know, he gave me some books like uh, the joy of mixology mm-hmm. gary gary regan's and you know and some readings and and that was it man i, I took off just took I it off it was something you wanted and, did you want to excel at it or was there something that was particularly interesting for you i you know i it was interesting and i you know i wanted to do the best job as as a bartender that i could how um, was it in terms of this the set of standards and kind of level of quality at that point talking probably maybe 2000 well early 2000s or mid 2000s it's not nearly where it is now no yeah. No, 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 absolutely not. What what, what um, do you think? What the state was it? The state of it was then. I mean, I think it was still developing. Yeah. Um. You know, I think it. I mean, at that point, once you know, I mean, maybe this is around. 
2008, yeah. maybe something like that. We we sort of just had our our first cocktail bars coming up in Austin, right? Mm-hmm. Like you had um, Bill Norris over over at Fino, Fino and, yeah. and you had Rob Pate opening up Pache. Yeah. Um, so you so were there. Think, you saw this shit go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think I think it was I think it was developing. Um, you know, and and when it first started. You know, I remember talking with one of my other bartenders, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. You know, we, we get 150 people in here for happy hour. We're going to have this stuff on the menu. How, you know, how do you execute How, how, we, how are we going to execute this? <laughs> yeah. This is ridiculous. Um, but then, you know, reading in and, and doing some some research, on, I, I kind of looked at it, and I was like, oh, okay, this, well, this is, this goes way back. Um, this is not a first. Yeah, this yeah. is not a first. Exactly. Right. This, this is what it's supposed to be. And so we sort of adopted that mindset. That's and incredible. Then, and then it became, you know, it became fun. Through, through this whole piece and kind of getting more familiar with the products and obviously the reps, if you're back there behind the bar, probably have a lot of reps coming in. Why the distribution piece? Why did that seem like the next move? Um, hmm, that's a good question. You, you know, for me, along the lines, uh, I got um, – you know, kind of the same time where I was really looking at cocktails yeah. and the mixing of cocktails and the history and all that. I, I was also going through wine training. Mm-hmm. I, I got my level two, which is sommelier okay. certification. Yeah. Um, and so I was getting lead way to do, you know, management responsibilities at that time, starting out with, with McCormick's and, you know, right. buying and, and, you know, the reps were coming in and bringing all these cool products. And we had a lot of freedom behind the bar to, to, to work with stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I looked at it. To me, it was like this. Well, this is going to be an amazing way for me to further education. Sure, oh, but yeah. that was, you know, kind of at the beginning aspect of it. Um, you know, it took a couple years. You know, meeting people with Republic and mm-hmm. and whatnot um, before there was really mention of an opportunity for me. Which I well, that's always kind of how it goes. Yeah, like, no, they, for sure. They look at you and they're like, "Oh, this guy's cool," and then eventually you become the guy that's cool that they want to offer a job. To. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very common, rather not common, but a lot. A few of the people I've talked to, they make that kind of transition like that. Oh, certainly. You know? um, well, you know, and it, and it took a lot of, uh, "Hey, we're doing this dinner," or, "Hey, we're doing this event," or "Hey, we're doing," you know. And I did. I'd go. Yeah. Because I wanted to meet. Um, shoot. Uh, What's the Chris something the Chris the Ma- master distiller from Chris from, Morris? Chris Morris, thank yeah, you. From yeah, Woodford, right? from yeah. Woodford, exactly. Uh, you know, I remember. I mean, that was one of the the dinners that I remember. They're like, we really, really want you to come. And I was like, well, I really want to go. Why wouldn't that go? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'll be there. Um, so I mean, that was always you know, it was about education for me. Which there's you're so many like people a sponge, out there, but, man, I love it because well, you get excited about learning. Yeah, you don't. Absolutely. You're not jaded about it. You're not jaded about. And maybe there is some darker commentary like going through your head about god these fucking guys they just won't shut up and lie about this and that but ultimately you really like no i want to know i want to know i want to know everything about you know uh, exactly exactly the day you don't learn something is day wasted my dad told me that from when i was very young that's amazing um but yeah you know i'd go to everything i'd or at least i could when i wasn't working so note to anybody that that listens to this you know if you're young and inspiring out there to be like go to these events go, it's a yeah. go it's important yeah so you well, listen it's to your reps. time with people you know <laughs> different levels of the organization i mean it's all it's, it is political even though it, at its inner core you have a very very nice intent and that is to learn yeah great experiences and to learn mm-hmm. so you said you're with republic for what four years or five? Uh, five five years i believe yeah good experience you said absolutely 
Is it something that still interests you, that particular tier of Texas spirits? Um, you know, it, it, hmm. I'm very, very happy with what I'm doing right now. Yes. Um, Who wouldn't so, be, in, in, you know, in terms of, of going back, that is not, you know, on my horizon. Downgrade. Uh, right? yeah, no, yeah. So not, not it, see, it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily be a downgrade. Um, in terms of because there's so there's so many different opportunities with, sure. within a distributor. Is that once you, you know, you've been there, and you know, some people go on to do something else, and some people come back, mm -hmm. um, and then there's a different area of opportunity that's right. afforded through them through how big of a company you know the distributors that's are. Great point. Yeah. You know, they they could be, you know, it could be you know director of of import management for retail right. stuff on, you know, coordinating. I mean, there's, yeah, there's so, there's you're right. so you're much. You're absolutely right. There's, so there's much. money there. So you know, that means there's opportunities there. Right. Um, but uh, right right now, I mean, you know, going back to the start of this conversation, I mean, I, you know, I'm working for one of the brands that I believe the most in, in in this world. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that means so much to me. Yeah. And so, you know, I, you know, I hope I can, you know, represent that to, to the people that I go around and see every day is just, you know, how integral this is Absolutely. and mezcal category in general. Sure. Well, and as a brand in general, yeah. if you just take even the, the, the nominations out of it and the classifications and think of it, just you've got a boost, you've got a product, but the way in which you guys conduct business, the level of interest, the level of education, the branding, like you guys have nailed that it. it could be anything and it would still be something people could rally behind. Yeah. You know, which so makes me wonder who was the first person you talked to with Del McGay and maybe started to prime the pump for opportunities there. Um, <laughs> well, it was Misty. Yeah, yeah. Really? Was she yeah. in town? Uh, yeah, yeah. And we had, we had worked a bunch, you know, um, in the past. Yeah. You know, and they had taken me down to Oaxaca, and um, you know, I had just I had just mentioned about some opportunities opportunities that that I had noticed. Um, or actually, even had been approached by, yeah, you know, and one of them included uh, the aspect of me being able to work with Del McGay. Um not in a full time fashion, obviously, sure. but um, uh, you know, in in a more close fashion that I was able to do with all the other you know brands right, that right. I, that I was working with. And I mentioned it to her, and I was like, you know, I I have this opportunity, um, and I think I'm going to pursue it. And um, she, you know, she mentioned, it, well, is it because that you want to work with Del McGay that you're pursuing this? And I said, absolutely. And she said, well, all right, well, let's, let's have a little chat. Let's talk, yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So you knew, I mean, there was a target on it. You, they're the leaders in this category. Yeah. You know, you knew that. Obviously, oh, yeah. diving into mezcal is like opening up a book of a different language. Mm-hmm hearkening back to different culture like if you if we look at your life in terms of like chapters i'll use like using that that phrase or even acts like a play right this is a distinctly different set of information certainly locale flavors personality benefits to society like all of these different things so when did you forge that relationship with Domingue? what year are we talking then um i you know i the first time i ever tasted Domingue, i was still bartending yeah. Um, you know, and at that time, you know, we we had a, a you know, our GM and myself, we were really trying to cultivate an amazing single malt back bar. And our back bar was for a chain restaurant, our back bar was wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a we were tr trying to 
to culminate, cultivate, I use the wrong word, but um, uh, a single malt collection. And I was really diving into distillation and spirits and and what have you. Um, And I I don't remember the name of the rep that brought it to me, but I sure remember Chichi Kappa. And I remember my mind just being like, what is this? This is amazing. Um, And, you know, from there, it's, you know, started reading about because I was into wine Mm -hmm. and single malt. Um, reading about the correlations of terroir and that between agave and and um, and wine and sure. single malt to a degree, uh, and it just sparked. And so, you know, fast forward to when I was with Republic, I had only been there um, maybe a, a few months, maybe six months, something like that. Mm. And uh, we had a big kickoff deal you know because they we, they always have you know they always have those right it's yeah kickoff deal and it's this new product and sure. so everybody comes gets, out and get everybody stoked mo- on it, most right? of that was great you know yeah. they, it was a great job it's a lot of fun um but you know this this one was for del mcgay and i was doing backflips in the hallway because i was just like oh <laughs> you guys didn't even yes, have to do this like, i was already like, excited talk yeah. about you know talk about an amazing product that we could just pick up like yeah. this is fantastic you know and i was advocate through the my entire stay yeah at, at Republic. I mean, I did everything I could. It's a perfect match culturally then. Yeah. I mean, I did everything forward. I could to, to promote it. And, you know, I, I just, I wanted more time. Yeah. You know, to, to focus on it. And lo and behold, here, here I am. It's I, faithful, right? You know? Yeah. Not, and so now, now you get to travel. Texas is your main market, right? Or is yeah, the Southwest uh, region more accurate? It's my, my title is the Southwest Wes. Uh, but primary markets are Texas and Colorado. Amazing. Uh, and I've got some focus in uh, Nashville. In Tennessee. Oh, beautiful! Yeah. Um, and then when we're doing, um, um, so if there's a big agave event or something, mm-hmm. and they they need you know some help or somebody to tend goats, you know, if it's in my territory, yeah. I'll send out. Technically, my territory is the center of the country. Amazing. Um, I just got back from New Mexico last week. I was, I've read some observation about people. Crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. It was really late, and and I had just driven back from Santa Fe, and and. Uh, you know, working an event and knowing that I had to drive back from Santa Fe to Albuquerque, I hadn't had anything to drink all night. And yeah. So, you know, I just had a, you know, um, I had a drink down at the bar and went up to my hotel room and I was just thinking back on the day and my, you know, that amazing experience that I had in oh, the square in Santa Fe. It's amazing. <laughs> it was uh, a John Steinbeck moment. It feels like. Yeah, a little bit. Know? Yeah, a little bit. Because because he wrote about I think I can't remember which there's a tortilla flats. That's what I'm thinking. Is that Steinbeck or is that Hemingway? But anyway, one of those dudes wrote intensely about New Mexico. And so you're here, you know, God, you know, this is a thing, Evan, that I think is really important to me. And I think it's really important for people to know, but it's really self-evident, right? This industry has lots of personality. It has lots of flakiness, has lots, lots of disorganization. But the thing that you kind of bring, you're like emblematic of the hope, in a sense, of this industry in that you can get things done. Oh, God, don't give me that much credit. <laughs> you're not pretentious, <laughs> right? You're an accessible dude. You're organized. You're very attentive to, I think, all of your stakeholders, I call them that, right? All lev- levels of the industry. Del McGay fans or not, I think you're there and you're attentive. And that really, either that means that you've built this wonderful reputation, which I think that's part of it. But the fact that now you're part of Del McGay with people like Steve, people like Misty, and Sean by affiliation, whatever. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Dude, you guys are a fucking dream team over there. You know? I, I ha- can't say 
enough amazing things about the team that I work for. I mean, yeah. it, or work with. I shouldn't even say work for, work with. Right, I mean, you guys are just... That, that's, that's the whole deal right there is that we work together. And that's, you know, that's the most incredible part about it. It's amazing. We can be, we're hundreds of miles away from each other. Yeah. You know, and... Still feels close. Yeah, though. exactly. And, you know, we're talking to each other, you know, if, if not once a week, if not every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's incredible. Um, it's and, good culture. And just I mean, about, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Building a good culture. And so, you know, obviously, shit, we're, I think we're both really familiar with the Delma, Delma Gay portfolio, either via Steve's wonderful class at the Alamo Draft House, thanks to Mr. Bill Norris, or just because it's fucking ubiquitous because it's the one, some of the best mezcal, some of the best distilled spirit in the world. Yeah. So, you know, we got Arakenio, you've got Tobala, the Papalome, the Papalote from Pueblo that's new. Mm-hmm. Finally just hitting. How, are we finally going to see bottles? This yeah, we're going to see We're going to see bottles of it. Um, Good. It's still, it, there, you know, there's this whole limbo stage, um, especially with something that's rare yeah. like this, uh, to where you have to get with the folks at the distributor and then you have to get with the folks at the Class B and yeah. make sure that all things happen accordingly to make sure that the bottles get to where they need to go. That's right, yeah. Um, so we're in that stage right now. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it should by you know by the end of the week, uh, beginning of next week, we should start to see it on. on I hope on so. Shelves. Gotta get a bottle of it. It was exceptional. It's a new planque, a new still, new new denomination of yeah. origin. I yeah. mean, that's amazing. This is a groundbreaking piece, and in fact, you guys had to switch the titling on the label, if I understand correctly, because the approvals yeah. went through. Yeah. And just to clarify, they've been making mezcal in Pueblo sure. for a long time. Long it's just time. now it's legal, right? <laughs> right. Now they can be like, oh, all right, you guys are in the club now. It's yeah. cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, for those people that do listen, if you ever are able to catch one of these educational seminars about Del Gay, whether you're facilitating, whether Steve, Misty, et cetera, is facilitating, it is insanely academic but yet heartfelt, and it's really, really informative. Like, I took m- many notes just because I like learning that shit, you know? So thank you for that. Oh, That's yeah. It's exceptional yeah. work. You got an amazing portfolio, so I only have a few questions left for you one of these may be trite i don't know i'm sure people ask you this all the time so many amazing children how do you pick one (laughs) and who is your favorite do people ask you this uh yeah 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 every day yeah every day uh it's you like them all for different reasons sure you know and um it's uh, I, I, I will go through stages myself where yeah. I'm really really into one, you know maybe right. it's a week maybe it's a month, where it's just like God this is so good this yeah. is great, uh, you know, taste this espadine from Virgilio it's amazing you know yeah. what I mean, but coming back around full circle then I'll try Tobola again yeah, and I always sort of find my way just you know just melting every time sure. in fact we should have some right now. Yeah. Should have some tobla. Yeah, do it. Here. Oh wait, though. That's your that's your special. Oh, wait, yes, no, it's in, oh, it's, it's in my bag. bag. It's in my bag. You know, Tobla is the the what? It's the revolver. Yeah. It's I, I, I would say you always go back to it's the central kind of theme to the Mescal and the one that has built this kind of cult reputation in a sense. So as we pour this Tobala, tell me tell me. Why? Why do people keep coming back to this? Why does it haunt their souls in a delicious and luscious way? Why do they do that? Uh, I mean, I think it's all, it's all obviously all about the uh, thank you, all about the agave. Um, you know, and the fact that you know this small little pina 
spends, you know, 15 years reaching maturity. Um, you know, and the fact that it's, that it's wild that, you know, Rogelio literally goes out and, and finds them sustainably, That's you know, yeah. you know, to, to make this, um, and, and you know, the, I mean, to me, I, you know, I, I think it really has to do with, you know, all the concentration of the starches that, you know, eventually converted into sugar, right. you know, in this tiny little plant, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're resilient. Little fuckers. Yeah, they're, it's symbolic. Yeah. It's metaphoric. Yeah, yeah, they can exactly. Do all this stuff. Um, you know, and it, it's all of that. All of that. The resiliency. The you know, the concentration. The you know, the the time. The you know, just the the soil that it comes out of. I mean, all of that plays in. And yeah. then you know, one once it you know finally comes off the still, it's just it, it, it's magic. just um yeah, it's magic. It's uh, it's unbelievable flavor. That's you know, it's so complex. And it's, um, it does have the cult following. It's like mm-hmm. Prince, dude. Mm-hmm. You know? Like people, they, you've got a shirt. People at, even at ACL this year, I had an amazing experience drinking with some of the bands. I brought a care package to one of the bands that oh, I was nice. playing. Nice. Two bottles of Del Maguey, one of which was a Tobla from 2007, wax top still. Well, you, so, look yeah, at you, man. Classic shit, right? So drinking it with amazing people who performed that day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm taking this to go see Radiohead. Got this bottle of Tobla. This is only to illustrate the cult status, in a sense, of Tobla. You sent so, me a picture, right? I did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, I've got it in the backpack. I'm like, this is the this is the one. I I'll bring it, and people will come. I know they will. And guess who I run into? Chris Boston, Dennis Gobis, and some other gentlemen. But like, that's how it is. Tobla is this thing, man. It kind of unites us in such a strange way. Mm-hmm. And we finished that shit. Mm-hmm. And it was worth every drop because it's a lovely, lovely. You're a good man, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> I took a picture. I can't yeah. remember where. I have to look back at what date it was. I can't remember where, what state I was in, or what I was doing when when you were doing that. But I was just like, "Good lord!" Yeah, dude. <laughs> something special about Delma Gay, man. And you guys have ev- something for everybody in a sense, you know. So many different flavors: bright, musky, muddy, fruity, floral, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, this would be my last question, and I'm going to start a- asking this of people. I asked this of David Perkins when he was on the show. Well, first, Steegy Baby, my friend. Steegy Baby, Evan, thank you so much for sharing. The fine Tobla. You guys should... I don't want you to be envious, but this is delicious, and I always feel very lucky to be in the studio here. Mm. Well, I'm having a great time, man. I'm not. I'm going to admit I was a little bit nervous, you know, coming in here. I was not really? sure what you're going to ask me about, but yeah. Just life, <laughs> booze. It gets easy. That one time where you saw me and I was, you know, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's all okay. It's all good. It all comes out. And it's always brilliant to chat. So you've got these, this wide array of mezcal. And I think this can be interesting. You are at a hotel bar. Let's illustrate a scenario here, okay? So you're at a hotel bar. You have your pick of any of the mezcals, of course, your whole line. And you can talk and just dive into conversation with any single person past present who might that person be that you would love to share some mezcal at a hotel bar with like anybody in the world anybody ever like, wow. whether you know them or not yeah um well there's so many that's that's a great it, i just love thinking about that concept yeah oh wow okay um can i give you a couple please maybe two yeah please kind of um from from different uh, 
you know, aspects of, you know, of my life. Yeah. Um, one would be uh, a since uh, passed away gentleman by the name of Norman Solomon. Okay. Um, Norman Solomon was, he's a legend in the fiddle playing world. Okay. Uh, who actually instructed my teacher. Oh, wow. So he's my teacher's teacher. Right. So, in, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the lineage of like mezcal and passing it from father to son and tradition and all that, yeah. I, I would love to share a mezcal with him and talk about oh, that amazing. aspect. Um, from sort of, uh, you know, a modern side or, you know, a fun side of me, yeah. I'd love to sit down and talk mezcal with Bill Murray. Oh, my gosh. Um, I almost named my dog after Bill Murray. <laughs> I'm telling you right uh, now that that that's brilliant. I want to just ask if you ever, if I'm ever in the same city, <laughs> and say, "Hey, can I get 30 minutes to drink whiskey with you and talk whiskey?" Now, if he drinks mezcal, even better. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what Bill Murray drinks. Old right. granddad, no, right? I mean, I've seen that. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen that, but you know, he just seems like a fun guy to like share a drink with for you know 30 minutes at a hotel bar. <laughs> One of the finest. Yeah, I imagine. So there's there's two. That's good. That makes. I think that that's good. It's a good balance, you know, and again, kind of symbolic as to the mezcal and the lineage. You being funny, artistic, these many different sides of you kind of culminating. It's really brilliant. And again, world-class stuff. Delma Gay, I, I think it's preaching to the choir at this point, but if there are people that haven't been able to run through this portfolio, God forbid, man. I, you know, I, there there are. Um, there, it's a, here's a Here's a fun little story about you know, one of my experiences, you know, it's, this is, you know, to me and to us, it's one of the most beautiful spirits in the world. I Absolutely. mean, it's, it's amazing. But, there, you know, there are many, many great, great spirits out there. And, and, you know, Mezcal still, as of right now, is a bit of an acquired taste, sure. right? You know, um, and I've learned that, you know, people that, you know, that come in to like liquor stores on a daily basis and are just looking for something and whatnot, you know, they've never had Mezcal before, they're going to be taken back. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. There, there, there's our job, right? We have to, you know, say all this wonderful stuff that we just said, right? Um, but a fun story. Um, I was doing a tasting. And this was a while back um, at a liquor store. It was actually when I first started out, so it was a, you know, kind of a invite, you know, mm -hmm. educational. And uh, one of the ladies there, very southern, was uh, familiar with Chichicapa. Mm. Um, and bear in mind, very, very familiar, and. Uh, you know, after I went through three of them, she, you know, she stops and she goes, oh, my goodness gracious. You know, I just love this cha-cha capay. <laughs> She's trying. She's trying. That's amazing. She's trying. That's all that matters. You know, and so, uh, you know, and I just let it go. I was just like, okay, great. You know. <laughs> it's the cutest damn story in the world. It's, uh, you know, it's still incorrect, but, you know, you'll, you'll get it at some point. But the majority of people that you sample, you know, it's, um, it, it's, at least in that setting, yeah, um, it's hard. Take, takes a bit. It always does, but you're fighting the good fight, man. And yep. Every single day, you meet a new person that is embroiled in the passion of mezcal. And I tell you, sharing this stuff with a bunch of Brits that can't get it over there, it's their eyes just light up. It's really an amazing thing. So, uh, true testament to you, and. Ron's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, Ron did an amazing thing, and it's you know, it, with my travels and going to you know people in in the hospitality industry that, you know, that I haven't met before, and 
you know, there was a gal that I met in um, in Boulder who I tasted around Santo Domingo, mm. and she started crying. Wow! Because she was like, "This brings me back to Mexico," and that that's something special right there. When it's incredible, you know, you have a product that can you know, bring somebody to, to get a tear in their eye and transport them to to a place they've been before. And that's what it's all about, right there. It's incredible, man. You know, and I think. You know, I think all of us in the industry, that's what our job is. You know, I mean, maybe it was the product, um, but, you know, if, you know, if you're bartending and somebody's having a bad day and, you know, they come and sit down and you you make them smile when they have a tear in their eye, you know, reverse, you know, yeah. bring them back to some place they've been before. That's what our job's about. It's amazing. So Keep on doing it, man, because it's great. And you've been well, such an amazing ally. And I, I love the crew at Thelma Gain. You guys have just been so so accommodating and i really appreciate it man and uh thanks so much again for the mezcal yeah man thanks for the interviews great uh, my pleasure. great seeing you bro likewise thank you evan. so there we have it the wonderful evan meeker one of the most professional polite kind and responsive gentlemen in this entire industry and it is lovely that he is working for delma gay and has the resident tobala bottle in his backpack Got to get myself one of these. Got Tobola shirts sooner than later. Evan, it was great getting to know you better. It was great getting to hear about the music. And it's always nice to chat on the phone. One of the few people that calls me instead of texts me. He's a better man than I. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how close you are to fully losing your voice or how many cocktails you've crossed off that epic list at the Roosevelt Room, please keep dancing.